Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. I am your host, Norman Bell. And today I'm excited because I, as my guest, I have John Corcoran. Now, John is one of the co-founders of Rise 25, a company that helps conference organizers and software companies increase engagement, revenues, and referrals through VIP events. John is also the creator of uh, Smart Business Revolution and the Smart Business Revolution podcast. And he has written for Forbes, Entrepreneur, Business Insider, Lifehacker, the San Francisco Chronicle, and more. And he is also a former Clinton White House writer and speechwriter to the governor of California. And we will be sure to touch on that uh, later in the interview, John. Um, but for now, John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Norman. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So I always like to ask our guests, since this is the Hell Yes Life podcast, um, what is your hell yes? What's your passion, that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? Sure. Um, you know, as a kid, I um, had people, my dad actually lost his job three separate times when I was growing up. We had to move we had to react by moving 3,000 miles away to a new place where he got a new job away from family and friends. And so I really hate that kind of situation where you're thrust into a situation. And so I tell everyone to take a proactive approach to life. Go out there and be proactive about developing, connecting, building relationships with people that fulfill you, light you up, and excite you. And there are many, many different ways to do that. And we can get into those different ways, different strategies behind doing that because everyone has questions about, well, how do I do that? I can't just reach out to Oprah. You know, I can't just reach out to Elon Musk. But there are things that you can do that can allow you to, to take life by the horns and be proactive about building relationships. And that's what I'm really excited about is, is sharing with other people how to do that. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, right before we started the interview, I could hear the passion, uh, the passion in John's voice as he was talking about this, you know, being proactive and connecting with, with the people that you really want to connect with out there. Don't, don't just passively wait for them to call you. They're probably not going to, right? right. So um, let's talk a little bit about this in relation to Rise 25, this um, awesome organization that you've created. I, I can't wait to hear more about it. And I just wanted to uh, read a couple of um, uh, test testimonials that came from your your website from a couple of, of people that I, you know were I was like oh I know those those guys so here's Ryan Levesque the author of Ask which is a very popular book among entrepreneurs saying that John and Jeremy Jeremy is your your co-founder there of Rise Twenty Five are both world class and uh, put you on uh, put on a world class event so awesome. And then Andrew Warner, the founder of Mixergy, said, one of the best groups I've ever participated in. I mean, so those are just a couple of the heavy hitters that you ha have had attend your events. Um, do tell, just unpack Rise 25 for us. Sure. So what we have done is, you know, for many years, I was a practicing lawyer. And so I know what it's like to be a business. And every month you're trying to get new leads, new clients in the door while managing all the client work that you do. And I realized in part from my background, in part from my experience as 
you know, a, a brick and mortar business owner, that this is really challenging for people. And it's hard to find the right communities, the right groups to be a part of. Where do you spend your time? Who do you connect with? Who do you talk to? All that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I started a blog and a podcast called Smart Business Revolution, where I talk about those things, where I interview successful entrepreneurs and I ask them about relationships and what relationships got them where they are today. And now through Rise 25, we um, basically do it for people. We bring people together, often around a conference. We'll, you know, some of these conferences have got thousands and thousands of people. We'll create a smaller, more curated experience around the conference to allow people to connect in a, in a more casual environment over a dinner, over drinks or something like that. It evolved organically out of just the stuff that we did on our own. Now we'll charge people to attend to these things. And then the other thing, the other piece of what we do is we will help manage proactive outreach for people. So there are people who need new leads in the door for their solution. A lot of times it's a B2B type of business where they have a high client lifetime value. And so we'll manage that for them. So they don't have to spend all their time hustling and hustling and trying to get new leads in the door. We do that for them so that people can focus on what they do best, which is serving their clients and talking to prospective clients about what it is that makes them different. Awesome. Awesome. So a couple of great um, ways that you're helping people there. I actually want to talk about the second one first, and then of course we'll get around to the, the, the VIP events. Um, but just, you know, uh, to take myself as an example, because this is a, a little bit up for me, like I'm a, you know, a new coach and, you know, kind of developing different uh, parts of my business. I'm sure there's probably a lot of other uh, coaches and consultants and, and so on out there listening and I, yeah, I have to admit, like, I think probably like a lot of coaches, we just want to coach, right? And, uh, but the whole business development piece uh, can be really challenging. And I, I, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit at a loss about like, oh, you know, I've got this podcast, so that's generating um, awareness there, but then how, how to take that and turn it into, hey, now I'm working with uh, some new clients, um, it, you know, it can be a bit of a question mark sometimes. So what, what, yeah. what do you have uh, for me and other people out there like me? I mean, honestly, I think of, uh, you know, a, a podcast is, is such an amazing tool. So when I was full-time practicing law, I, you know, I had clients and, you know, I had this client that came in the door and he hired me for something really small. It was like a $500, like write a lease type of thing. And I learned about this guy. I was like, wow, he's really interesting. He started all these different businesses. One of the businesses has gone public and it was like a household name. So I was like, I really got to figure out how I can get this guy to stick around longer. And so I did a very simple thing. This is before people even really were talking about podcasting. I said, hey, do you mind if we take 15 or 20 minutes of your time? I'd like to get you on the phone and I'm going to ask you some questions about your career and some of the lessons, your businesses, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to record it and I'm going to put it on the internet. And that's, I didn't even know how I was going to do wow, that. That's, that's I know exactly. Right. I mean, so literally I just like did it on a, on a conference call line, recorded it. I, I just like uploaded it to my website. Maybe I transcribed it or something. And what do you know? It ended up, I learned a lot about his business. I learned how I could help him in other ways. He ended up calling me back like not that long afterwards and said, Hey, could you help me with this thing? And this thing? He ended up turning into a great client. Flash forward to today. I've done that over 300 times with all kinds of amazing entrepreneurs and business owners, speakers, authors, other podcasters, you know, thought leaders, influencers, you name it. And it's just, it's business development combined with networking, combined with client development, combined with prospecting, combined with PR and publicity. And so I say, go out there and proactively do that. Go out and connect with people who you think would be a great client or you think would be a great referral partner or you think would be a great strategic partner. And don't, 
turn around and then immediately think that they're going to send you heaps to business, but see how can you deliver value to that person? You know, yeah. what can you do? What way can you be valuable to that person? If you take that approach, there's no way you're going to fail. That's the best thing you can possibly do. You're going to be connecting with the right types of people and you deliver value to them. They're going to automatically want to turn around and deliver value to you. That's the approach that I, I recommend everyone takes. Love it. Love it. And I should say, I, I think this is a little bit funny because I think we have a real time example right here, which is that I connected with you, John, because you, you um, reached out to me on LinkedIn. You were writing an article yeah. about podcasting. Um, I, you asked a, you know, a question around podcasting. I think my answer, you, know, you were asking about, you know, building an audience and, and so on. And, and I actually said, well, I'm, I'm not as concerned with building an audience as, as um, that's not the, the, my main priority with, with podcasting. Now it's actually such a useful tool to connect with, with other right. people. And then, um, and then I thought, well, I, maybe I'll put that into practice here with John and I'll say, ask him to be on the show. So here, here yeah. we are actually uh, yeah. that very. And I mean, you know, I, I got a bunch of other people who said the same thing. Cause in that yeah. case I was reaching out to podcasters, but you could, yeah. you know, you could use this strategy. You could be reaching out to lawyers or doctors or salespeople or you know, people who own dry cleaning businesses or whatever, like whoever it is you're trying to reach out to. LinkedIn is an amazing tool right now, this particular moment in time. It's changed and evolved a lot just in the last year, since last year. This year, there's 250 million uh, active users per month on LinkedIn. That's two and a half times what it was just a year ago. So even though it actually oh, wow. precedes Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn was founded before Facebook and Twitter. It, it's been around longer, but it actually has hit this real hockey stick kind of growth just in the last year or two. And so there's a lot of opportunity. Everyone's on there for business, you know, looking for other opportunities to connect with other, uh, other business owners. The caliber is really high, people on there. And the other thing that we did, that, that why that strategy works, we call it the industry leader article strategy, what I was doing. And what it is, is, you know, a lot of people do really crappy outreach, particularly on, on LinkedIn, but also in, in terms of email. They either, you know, they reach out and they try and hit you over with a sales pitch. You've gotten ones of those before, right? They sure. immediately hit you with the sales pitch. Yeah. doesn't work. Who's this guy? Or it's, yeah, it's highly ineffective. Or it's something boring like, hey, you're a professional. I'm a professional. Let's connect. You know, I mean, that's, okay, really not that interesting. Uh, or they don't say anything. It's just a connection request. And then you're left like, okay, well, who is this person trying to connect with me? And you got to check out their profile. Most of the time, the profile is really poorly written. It's not really clear what they do or why you should connect. Or you read it and you're like, oh, that guy's just trying to sell me a website or he's trying to sell me SEO services, sure. whatever it is. You're not like, you know, you don't want to actually connect for the sake of connecting. Yeah. So what we do is we approach it with, look, I'm going to give first. I'm not going to ask. I'm going to give you exposure. In that case, I was writing an article and I wanted to quote you in that article. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it actually is a lot more effective strategy. Yeah, it takes more work on the front end, which is why we do it for some clients who don't have the time or the bandwidth to do it. But that extra work on the front end actually leads to way more people responding positively. And it leads to a lot more additional benefits, like people who become clients or referral partners, strategic partnerships, or invite you onto a podcast or, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So give first. I hear this uh, a, a lot just in entrepreneur conversation that, uh, you know, give and then it, it, and not even to expect something that's going to come back immediately, but that eventually it starts to build into 
you know, people start to, to think of you and in, in certain, you know, when, it, when they're thinking about certain themes and so forth. Um, and anyway, what goes, what, what goes around comes around sort of thing. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about how um, your company helps people, you know, do, make those connections. Like what's the done for you piece of this? Sure. So the done for you piece is working with clients, figuring out what their target market is, who yeah. it is that they want to connect with. And sometimes it's too broad. Sometimes you need to do some strategy around, okay, let's figure out exactly who you should approach first. And, and what is an outreach strategy that's going to get a, a response? Um, in marketing, that's called direct response marketing. And it is really uh, both a, an art and a science of getting people to respond in a way that's positive. And as I said, a lot of people don't do it very well. They have a really poor approach to it. I've been studying this stuff for you know 20 years. My business partner, same thing. He's been studying this for 20 years or so. Um, I've written for the White House, for Forbes, for Entrepreneur. You know, So I've, I've done every different kind of writing under the sun. I've seen what works well and what doesn't. And so, you know, I, I see a lot of people that try these sorts of things and they give up because they, they were doing it in a really poor way. They were not, you know, trying to give first. And, and you mentioned that, you know, there's some, some great books out there. Dale Carnegie 100 years ago was writing about this. Give and Take by Adam Grant, which came out about five years ago, is a wonderful book about the power of giving. You know, it, it is fact that if you lead with that, don't allow people to take advantage of you. But if you lead with a give, people are much more inclined to want to turn around and be like, okay, you know, let me give this person a shot. What, what's going on with this person? What do they have to offer? Because if this yeah. person's giving me, if they're giving me exposure, they're writing an article about me now, they're citing me in our, our, they're, they're linking to my website in an article without even me asking anything, not hitting me over a sales sale pitch. Imagine if I did pay money to this person, they'd probably be amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why it really works effectively. Okay, so let's let's um, let's take a just a sample or a, an example of um, let's say I want to connect with Tony Robbins or so, somebody that is yeah. like oh I, you know that oh that's that that person's way out of my league I'd never be able to talk to them um, you know we could use him as an example or or anybody of of that caliber that seems yeah. sort of unreachable um, take a step by step through what would you recommend uh, as far as as connecting with with people that. Uh, that we want to connect with versus just sure. you know, being in that passive mode. Sure. So first of all, you know, there are those marquee names, like yeah. the, the really cream of the crop, the, you know, the Tony Robbins, the Oprah Winfrey's, you know, the, the, you know, the head of Apple, the, the CEO of Google, those sorts of things. Yeah. I don't recommend you put all your eggs in that basket, right? I mean, it's okay to maybe devote a portion of your time to that kind of outreach, you know, to the, the real like North Star, the huge gets. And I've gotten some good guests on my podcast by trying that sort of thing, but I wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket because there's a lot of amazing people out there yeah. who are more likely to become referral partners or become a client of yours. And that's really where you should be focusing the bulk of your energy and effort. And, and honestly, the approach doesn't differ that much based on whether you're going after Tony Robbins or whether you're going after someone who pe most people haven't heard of. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one, you want to start by getting on their radar you know, make sure that they're aware of who you are. You also want to make sure that you've got some kind of digital footprint out there because the fact is most people go out there and they Google you. That's the first thing that they Google you on their phone or yeah. laptop or something like that to, to learn a little bit more about you. You gotta have some kind of digital footprint out there. Uh, the other day I got reached out to, uh, I think it was on LinkedIn or maybe it was an email or something by someone who did some kind of a 
podcasting SEO services and was promising to get my podcast in the top 10 of iTunes. And this guy had like no digital footprint. I was looking at his website. I'm looking at LinkedIn. Best I could figure out is he just graduated from college, but had no real, like there's no proof to it, you know? So you need right. to have some kind of proof there in order for people to take you, take you seriously. Yeah. So, you know, you have some kind of digital proof footprint out there so that people can learn about you and then start being present in their world. You know, that might mean that maybe this particular person has live events that you can go to or will be at another event. Maybe they speak at something that you can go to. Or maybe if it's in your local community, it's a local uh, organization or the Chamber of Commerce or something that they attend and you can go to and you, you can start being present, showing up for them. And then look for ways that you can deliver value. It might seem kind of silly, but what can you do that's small that would deliver value to that person? If you find out that their daughter is applying for college next year and their daughter wants to go to college in Northern California, what do you know? Who do you know? How can you be helpful to that person? You know, yeah. you know, is it, it, it turns out your sister-in-law is from Northern California. She knows some recommendations. You can email your sister-in-law and your sister-in-law sends back some recommendations. You forward that email to that person. It's a small little gesture, but it goes a long way. Maybe you find out that this particular person is crazy about Thai food. And so you can say like, Hey, did you know that there's this new Thai restaurant that just opened up in the neighborhood close to where you live? You know, it, it, a lot of times people get they get stuck on it needs to be something related to my vocation, right? Mm. You know, like you're a wedding photographer. And so it has to be like, how can I get them as a wedding for the client? You know, it doesn't have to be that case. You know, in fact, actually, a lot of the time connecting over something that's more personal, that's not related to your vocation, allows you to build trust. And then later, you can turn you can turn it into a discussion around something having to do the work that having to do with the work that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, I'm trying to think like, uh, well, one, just how do you do that inner shift from, okay, let's say you're trying to get, maybe it's not Tony Robbins, but maybe it's, but it's somebody notable and you're trying to get on their radar. How do you do that mental shift where you're actually trying to, um, you know, give back to them and, and out of this mentality of, well, I'm doing this because I'm trying to, you know, uh, yeah. connect with them. So then yeah. I can affiliate right. with them and then, Hey, here's, right. a, here's a selfie of me with Tony. You know. there, yeah, there, that is the, you know, the, the inner dialogue that's happening. It's not happening out there. You yeah. know, I mean, everyone's in business. Okay. Everyone's got a career. That's fine. But you know, the person on the other end is probably not thinking that, you know, at least if you're not doing anything outwardly, that's going to make them think that, you know, right. so I would just flush that out of your brain. Don't even think about that. You know, this is a long-term strategy. You're not going to, it happens, but you, you know, you're probably going to take a little while, especially if it's a higher and higher profile type of person. It's going to take a little while to build trust before they're going to become a client of yours anyways. You know, right. so take a little time, get to know them, just try and deliver value to them. Don't worry. Don't get hung up about, you know, oh man, they're going to think I'm just trying to take advantage of them or anything like that. It doesn't even matter. You're just being curious. You want to help give them exposure. You want to give back to them. And by the way, you should be doing this with individuals and people that you are fulfilled by, people that yeah. you are excited by. It should right. be sincere. You should be in integrity at all times. So this should be either business owners or individuals or whoever, teachers that you're trying to connect with, but you are inspired by the work that you do. You love the work that you that that they right. do and you want to help give them exposure in a very sincere way. Yeah. It doesn't matter if, you know, like me, 
eight years ago or so when I just recorded that interview of that client of mine and I posted it on the internet. I didn't know if like five people were going to listen to it or what, but I just said, look, this is a guy that I admire and I want to share his story to whoever I can share this story to. And so that, that was right. all that it was about. I didn't yeah. worry about, well, is he going to think like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take advantage of him. I'm trying to get him, trying to, get him to, to buy more of my services. That is what ended up happening, but it wasn't something I was fixated on. Yeah, I'm just thinking of, um, as you were talking there, I was listening to the School of Greatness podcast with Lewis Howes uh, yesterday, and his guest was Scott Harrison, the, the founder of Charity Water. And he had some just really inspiring stories to tell of, of, you know, how he started the business and, you know, where he came from before then and, and everything that he's been up to since. And uh, yeah, I was just thinking of him as an example of someone that I, I could genuinely reach out to and say, God, I am so inspired by what you're doing how can I help, you know, sort of thing yeah. and, and just building. So, so hell yes, lifers out there listening, maybe, maybe one thing you can do if you're looking to target uh, certain people to, to connect with is who really lights you up? Like who really inspires you that it, w it wouldn't be, uh, you know, it would blow past any of this uh, inner thinking of, oh, how can I get something out of this person? It's like, wow, you're just really genuinely inspired by them. Okay, so let's pull it back to, and then we'll talk about the, the VIP events in just a moment, but let's pull it back to, you know, there we were talking about connecting with kind of marquee people or, you know, very well-known people, but what, let's say it, you're, you're me again, and you're a coach or someone like me, and, and you're just looking to connect with uh, other, you know, potential clients or, and, and just network in that way. What, what would you recommend? You mentioned LinkedIn. Not everybody has a podcast. So what, what right. else could people do? Yeah, I, you know, if you don't have a podcast, the, the strategy actually, honestly, is, is not all that different. I mean, you, you can, it doesn't take that much to send an email to someone who you admire, um, just saying sincerely that you admire the work that they do. You yeah. know, I mean, before I had a blog, before I had a podcast, before I had readers, before I had listeners, you know, I, uh, I, I would do that sort of thing. I still do that sort of thing today, you know, and now I've been very fortunate. I get emails like that too, you know, where I get emails where people say, Hey, I've been reading your stuff for years or I've been listening to your podcast for years. And I really appreciate the stuff that you put out into the world. That's just amazing. It's magical. I really appreciate it. You know, and oftentimes I want to know more about that, that person, right? So yeah. just that one thing will get you on someone's radar screen. Just mm -hmm. the fact that you've reached out like that and, maybe into a dialogue, maybe you'll learn a little bit about what they're going on, you know, what's going on with them. And, and, you know, people don't always publicize everything. It's not always on social media. So, you know, you could send an email to someone. I've done this before. Send an email to someone, an author or a thought leader or something like that who you admire and say, I just want to let you know, I, I, I just read your book and I loved it. It was amazing, really helpful. Here's the things that I'm doing differently as a direct result of the advice that you gave in this book. They, people love to hear that sort of thing. And I'd just lo love to know what, what is front and center for you right now? What are you focused on? Is okay. it publicizing yeah. this book? Do you have an upcoming event? Do you have a service that you're offering? You know, are you looking for a head of operations? Are you looking for an executive system? What is going on with you? Because if you tell me, I would love to be able to deliver value back to you for the good that you put out into the world through this book. Mm -hmm. That one thing, you know, you're not going to get 100% response all the time. But that one thing really will go a long ways with getting people to respond to you and, and finding ways in which you can deliver value to that person. And I've delivered, I've, I've developed great relationships with people just 
uh, you know, that had come out of an initial email like that. And it sounds like you need to kind of set aside the, um, you know, I, again, just playing devil's advocate. Like if, if uh, a, a coach is looking for prospective clients, you're setting aside the, the part of the conversation where you say, Hey, do you need coaching or do you know anybody that needs coaching? I mean, Absolutely. you're really just yeah. letting go of that and trusting that out of these relationships that you're building, um, work will come or, you know, that you, sir, you the, the work you're meant to do will come. It will flow if yeah. there is a need for it, right? Yeah. If there's, if it turns out that there is something, uh, a way that you can deliver value to that person. Yeah. It's not any different from, you know, a photographer or a lawyer or an orthodontist or a doctor or a coach or a consultant or anything, right? I mean, see how you can deliver value and see if there's an opportunity where you can help that person, you know? And if it comes out of a place of sincerity, then you will see if there's a fit, you know, and, and there's also nothing wrong with saying, I love you. I admire the, the work that you do. I think that I can be of help to you in this particular way. I think if we work together, we could accomplish big things. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to be given that chance. If you decide that you are in the market for coaching, for, you know, braces, for, right. <laughs> you know, fl flowers, for, you know, yoga training, whatever it is that you do. Yeah. 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 Got it. Got it. I think it's kind of like it, where it's coming from, right? It's coming from this authentic place and sort of out, out there focused on what, what, you know, what do they need? Maybe I could actually help them, you know? Right. Yeah. But going, you know, circling back to the, the strategy I talked about earlier, you know, um, the, the article strategy, um, that's another thing you can do very easily, you know, is just going out and writing an article about people, you know, yeah. publishing, you can publish it on LinkedIn very e easily. Yep. You can publish it on your website maybe very easily. Medium is a very easy uh, uh, platform that you can get in and publish an article. You don't even need people's advanced permission in order to do this. I mean, write a list of the top 10 books you've read in the last year mm -hmm. and then send an email to all 10 of those authors saying, hey, I just want to let you know I wrote this blog post about the top 10 books I've read in the last year, top 10 business books or you know, spiritual books or you know productivity books or whatever that I've, I've read in the last year send them an email tell them about it you know yeah. it's it's a small thing that's that's gonna take an hour of your time at the most but it right. goes a long way yeah but people will appreciate like oh wow I, he mentioned me in his top 10 you know best yeah. books of 2018 sort absolutely of yeah. yeah okay so tell us about the 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 rise 25 events i mean i i looked at some of the videos on your website you, you know they look very impressive you know they're kind of like yes they're small curated uh, vip events what 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 do you do who, who how do yeah. how do you end up yeah tell me so all about it happened very organically and i think what's actually probably most valuable to your listeners is how they can um apply this for themselves so um, because a lot of our events are small, exclusive, you know, they're in partnership with a particular conference. So it's, they're not for just anyone. Got it. But this happened very organically. You know, for years before my business partner and I teamed up, we were separately doing this sort of thing, whether it was in our local community, bringing together three or four professionals for coffee or lunch, yeah. introducing them to one another, or, you know, getting together some people for a dinner or something like that, or going to, every time I went to a conference, I'd do the same thing, try and get together a couple of people who I knew who were coming to the conference or people who I could reach out to, or even speakers. You, could, you know, a lot of times speakers don't have anything planned. You can reach out to them, see if they are interested in, in joining you and a group of people. So we would do these things. My business partner and I, we were both going to the same conference in 2015. 
And he reached out to me about three weeks beforehand and said, hey, I don't know if you have the bandwidth to do this, but what if we were to put together a little event, like a little mastermind format, group of a, a dozen people or something like that? You invite some people, I invite some people, we both invite people and put it together and see how it goes. And we ended up doing it and it was just a lot of fun. And so since that point, we've done all kinds of different things. We've done receptions with 200, 300 people. We've done dinners with 50, 60, 70 people. We've done food tours, which is really fun. It's kind of like a progressive dinner party meets a networking reception on wheels. Like we'll either do it on foot or we'll do it on a bus and we'll go around to multiple different locations and you have 40, 50 people on a bus and they're getting up, they're getting down, they're sitting next to different people the entire time. You end up meeting a lot more people. It's a lot of fun. Um, we do all day long we call them VIP days, which are giving high-level top entrepreneurs, often who are attending a conference, the opportunity to get together and exchange ideas together. So we do different stuff like that. But you know, for your listeners, this is something you can do too. It doesn't need to be 200 people. It could be five people. You know? But if you're, if you're bringing together a group of people, that immediately gives you authority. You're the hub. You're the one who brought people together. And they will appreciate you for doing that and a lot of times frankly you can get access to groups of people that are way above your pay grade you know i've been in with groups of people that i wouldn't otherwise be able to connect with because i'm the one who brought them together yeah 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 so i can see how it sort of uh, serves the same function of as the podcast that uh you know because it, you're doing something for the, the 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 person you're able to you know you know meet meet them and, and, you know, connect with them and, and help them connect with other people. Um, so how do you, how do you go about doing, let's, let's just say again, let's say it's me or someone else out there like me that's listening, who's a coach or a consultant or, or whatever, and they want to organize their own VIP event, but sure. you know, Hey, maybe they don't even have a podcast. Who are they? Who, they may be thinking, who am I to organize a VIP event and who would I even invite? So where, right. where would you right. start? Well, you can start, you know, with the people that you know. So start with, you know, people in your immediate network. Yeah. Oftentimes there's someone, right? You can reach out whether you're doing it on a local level or you're doing it at a conference or something. You can start getting people and just asking people, hey, I'm going to get together a small casual dinner or lunch or whatever, coffee, group of people. Are you available? Would you be interested? Start getting people interested like that. And then yeah. from there, that builds momentum. Once you have a couple people interested – then you go to a couple more people say, hey, we've got this group that's getting together. We're going to get together. It's going to be a group of however many people, this type of job category. Um, we'd love to include you. Would you be interested in this date time? You know, just start doing it organically like that. Yeah. Don't just jump to like running anonymous Facebook ads or something like that or posting things out there. Just start with the people that you already know mm -hmm. and then go from there. And oftentimes, you know, like at a conference or something, I've been able to reach out to the speakers and say, hey, you know, we've got a group of 40, 50 people. It's the night before it starts. A lot of times they come in early and they don't have anything to do. So they're looking for something to do. They're looking yeah. to connect with other people. And then once you get one speaker, then the other speakers are interested in coming because either they hear about it through the grapevine or they're not going to have the opportunity otherwise to connect with that other speaker who they would like to meet. So it gives them the opportunity to come and connect with that other speaker there. So that's, you know, that's the way you can do it. And I've even done, this is, uh, another way you can do it is, is, you know, say you want to get someone impressive in your local community. You can start by approaching them first and saying, look, you know, we're going to put together a group of people for lunch or whatever. We would be honored if you would come and speak to this group. You know, you're going to be the speaker. <laughs> and then they say yes. And then you turn around and you go to everyone else and say, guess what? <laughs> I'm doing a lunch. So-and-so is going to speak. 
And uh, would you like to come to it? <laughs> I love it. Then you have to just get the group. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So you go to the speaker first. I mean, savvy speakers will say, well, wait a second. Wait a second. You ever done this before? Or how many people are coming? Or something like that. Right. You know, but they don't always ask. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can go and do that and, and you end up getting a good group together. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see. Okay. So then, uh, you know, I, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's involved, but maybe at a high level, then what? So, so let's say you get a group, you know, if we're starting out here, let's say we're a group of 10 people together. Uh, and then what do you do at the, at the actual meetings? Is it just uh, hanging out and having, getting to know each other over dinner? Or do you have kind of a, um, a structure to the, the event? I don't like boring networking events. I hate them, in fact. So yeah. we don't like that sort of thing. Um, we've done all kinds of different things from, you know, getting people to dress up in costume uh, to, you know, passing out, um, you know, little cards beforehand and requiring people to go around and ask other people certain questions uh -huh. um, to having them write something on their name tag that just is a conversation starter for people to hand introducing people like saying, hey, you come here. I want you to, to meet this person. You guys talk, get to know each other. We've done all those sorts of things. You know, as long as it's, um, it, you know, you try something to mix it up and make it a little different and introduce people and make them feel a little bit more comfortable, I think that's the most important thing to do. It doesn't always have to be the craziest thing in the world. You don't have to take a group of 100 people skydiving every time or something crazy. Yeah. Um, but doing something a little bit different, I think, really helps. So we, you know, oftentimes... Oftentimes, one thing we, we've been known for is dressing up um, ourselves. So I will often at the last minute will surprise my business partner. with I won't tell him. I'll just go buy um, a, a costume, and I'll make him and I dress up kind of like idiots. So we, <laughs> we went on a pizza tour around Chicago, went to some of the best pizza joints in Chicago, and we both dressed up as Mike Ditka, circa 1985. <laughs> Mustache, sunglasses, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we went on a barbecue tour around Austin, went to some of the best barbecue joints. He and I got a cowboy costume. Most people thought we looked like Woody from Story Toy Story. Um, like literally people were like posing for pictures with us. And then in Las Vegas, we went and we did a food tour inside the Venetian Hotel around to some of the different food joints in there. And uh, four of us actually dressed up as Elvis impersonators. And we're walking through the, uh, the grand shops there, uh, getting all kinds of looks and, uh, from people about that. Interesting thing about that is, you know, if, if I was walking alone for a little while, I was walking alone as, as an dressed Elvis person, you don't get any looks. It's just like normal, right? <laughs> people, it's like a, a some looks. Once you get to three or four, then people start to pay attention. But just yeah. one, you're like a weirdo. Right. So, but we like <laughs> to do Las that. Las Vegas, of course, there's going to be Elvis, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a reason why we do that. And the reason why we do that is because oftentimes at these sorts of events where you're coming, you're not going to know everyone or you're not going to know a lot of the people, people feel uncomfortable. I know this because people have been emailing me this for years. Mm -hmm. They feel really uncomfortable. So if you can do something that shows, hey, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Right. We're going to have a little bit of fun with this. Yeah. You can have fun with this. You don't need to take yourself too seriously. Yeah. It really, really, really helps. It helps people to feel more comfortable, um, it, you know, to just be, you know, to know that they, they don't have to uh, worry too much. Um, and that they can just be, a, be themselves. And when they do that, you know, it ends up being a, a lot more enjoyable experience for everyone. And more importantly, or equally as importantly, is people get to know one another on a deeper level. Right, right. So because even these people that you're probably now interacting with and in, in these events you're doing, they're very high 
uh, high level people, high, uh, you know, functioning people, but they're people, right? And they still are like, oh, I don't know anybody here. And um, so, yeah, anything, anything to do to sort of uh, lo loosen things up a little bit, right? Yeah, have a little yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you, uh, is this something that, uh, you know, okay, just to take us from, and I'm actually, maybe it's somewhat selfishly kind of trying to think this through because I like this idea um, uh, of, of kind of hosting curated events. Um, I've been thinking yeah, it's about doing great. Uh, meetups in, in the, my local area. And, but this makes it, you know, I could do that and also, you know, be a little bit more um, thoughtful about, oh, okay, I want to get this group of 10 people together. Uh, but are you doing this now? This is like a paid business for you, right? So do people actually, you know, you, you announce yes. this and then you say, well, yeah, and that's going to be X hundred or X thousand dollars or whatever. Exactly. Yes, we do. And, and, you know, people go back and forth between that. It, should it be free? Should it cost something? How much should it cost? Most of the events we do, we're looking to attract really the cream of the crop, the A players, really successful people. Because when we come, we're doing it often in partnership with a conference. And so uh -huh. the conference, oftentimes if they have thousands of attendees, there are a certain amount of, you know, A players who are doing really well. And they're kind of feel like the content is aimed at the middle. Mm -hmm. And so we do events where we bring them together and we allow them to connect with others who are really the cream of the crop as well. Got it. So you got to get really clear on who it is you're, you're trying to reach out to and, you know, and, and that helps to determine it. The other thing is we find if people don't pay, they don't value it. Right. And so we believe in, in charging people because it gets their commitment. It gets them to be committed and invested in an outcome. Yep. And, you know, they, we have people who do nine figures in their business, but we're still charging them a couple hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever to come to our event. Because if they don't, they're not committed. They're not invested in the outcome. And we want all of the, all the people who come to our events to do that. Now, to give you an example, back when I was practicing law, one thing that I did is I, um, I organized for a local bar association, a local lawyer's night at the local uh, independent like minor league baseball team. We've got this little, local tiny you know, minor league baseball team. And no one had done this. It was a new team. No one had done this before. But I said... I'm going to organize an event and I'm going to charge people to come to it. Lawyers can come. They can bring their clients to come to it. We're going to sell tickets. And we did. We went and sold tickets to it. And, um, you know, it was great. It was wonderful because it gave people the opportunity to connect in a more casual environment. It's more interesting and fun than some of the boring stuff that's out there. And it also gave me an opportunity to invite my clients and things like that. So, you know, think outside the box and see if there's something like that that you can come up with. I love it. I love it. You got you got my gears turning here. So I really appreciate uh, you sharing sharing that and how you've how you've set that up. It sounds like a really great uh, business and a great service that you're doing for a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't be able to connect with each other. Um, so I, I don't want to leave this this conversation without talking a little bit. Uh, you know, in the introduction, Hell Yes Lifers, we talked about um, John's experience uh, as a writer in the Clinton White House and also um, working for the governor of California. Now I saw a couple of emails kind of, uh, you know, I was, I'm on your mailing list. And so I got a couple of emails come in. And so I'm gonna uh, ask you, you know, if, you, if there's any stories that you wanna tell from the Clinton White House, one suggestion I might have is you, in one of the emails you mentioned the Rob Lowe story. Sure. Um, so any, anything like that, I, I guess I just leave, leave it open to, what was it like being a writer in yeah. the White House? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, I'll tell you that um, 
It was amazing. I, I was, um, I went basically from, you know, uh, a college student getting a BA in English at a party school to within a year <laughs> writing the president's words, right? <laughs> it's awesome. pretty unusual. And it was an amazing opportunity. And um, uh, the story about Rob Lowe was, and I have a blog post on my website, it's titled How I Got Rob Lowe to Play Me on TV. So you remember the show, The West Wing? Yeah. Okay. So, um, when I was at the White House, um, I was working there and I had come from actually Hollywood, the entertainment industry. I had worked, I was an early employee of DreamWorks. I was working oh, cool. in, in, in LA in the entertainment industry. So I knew a lot of people there. And, and when I came to the White House, I, I was in touch with someone who I'd known from LA from the entertainment industry. And, um, you know, she said that she had this friend who was working on this pilot for this upcoming show that was going to be on the air. It wasn't on the air yet. Uh, well, it turns out it was, it was, um, uh, Aaron Sorkin, the the founder of uh, the West Wing, and so he was doing research. It wasn't on the air, so he didn't have like big name people advising him or anything like that. And so I connected with him. I told him about what it was like working at the White House, just basically what my day to day was kind of like. Um, didn't tell him that much, you know, in case the Secret Service is listening. I didn't have that high security clearance, so I wasn't like giving away state secrets or anything like that. Um, it, but, you know, just kind of told him what it was like. And that was risky, that in itself, because everything was supposed to go through the press office. So just like me communicating with someone about my life, what my life was like inside the White House. It wasn't like, you know, today, like probably White House staffers are Instagramming it or something like that, you know. Right. So, it's, it, you know, it's, it's different. So um, anyway, so um, I, I ended up sending, I ended up writing this 1999 Thanksgiving proclamation. Now, this is something that was written by George Washington, literally by him. Yeah. Um, uh, or, you know, it was written by uh, Abraham Lincoln. It's a historic document. It's the reason that we celebrate Thanksgiving today is because of this document. And so it was my <laughs> responsibility to write it. And, you know, imagine that pressure, right? And sitting yeah. down to write it. And I'm thinking of like Abraham Lincoln writing it himself, George Washington writing it himself. So I was really proud of it when I was done. And um, actually, years later, it, it received some recognition um, from some historians, which was really cool. Um, cool. but at the time they printed up in this big parchment and I mailed it off to Sorkin. I didn't hear anything of it. Flash forward a year later and, uh, the, I'm watching the episode of the West Wing. It's the Thanksgiving episode that comes on and the whole episode, there's this repeating storyline that's about the writing of the Thanksgiving proclamation. That's awesome. And at the very end of this episode, um, the Martin Sheen character who plays the president, um, is about to go out into the, uh, the, the Rose Garden to read this proclamation and so he looks down and it's the climax of this episode it's a great episode by the way climax of the episode and he reads looks down and he reads the first line of the proclamation that's in his hand and martin sheen reads the exact same first line of my thanksgiving proclamation oh man and so the reason i say how i got rob Lowe to play me on tv is the the writer who was running around writing that up that the entire time was rob Lowe. So it was kind of like he was, he was playing. Now, now, the reason I tell that story is not to brag. The reason I tell that story is because you never know what yeah. might come of doing a good deed. Right. I, that was risky. I could have gotten in trouble for it. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I thought, how can I deliver value to this person? How can I tell him just a little bit about what my life was like? And maybe some magic will come from it. And that's what ended up happening. I love that story for a couple of different reasons. One, I mean, the theme ties into everything we've been talking about here, right? Like uh, giving with, you know, not just help, right? Just help other people, give to other people, and you, you don't know what's going to come of it, you know, but probably good things will come of it to, uh, for you as well. You might even ha have Rob Lowe 
um, you know, playing you on TV, who knows. Um, and then another thing is about storytelling. This has just come up, you know, that storytelling is a part of my background. I have a, a big background in communications and I keep hearing storytelling as, as uh, such an, an important piece of, um, you know, how you communicate your message, engage your audiences and so forth. And I just noticed in your emails, you have a really good way of, of telling your story. And one, one of the things that you do there is like, Hey, I got Rob Lowe to play me on TV. And then you, and then you drop that. It was like, and then you tell the whole story and then it's not until you get, you know, near the end that we find out what the answer is. Um, yeah. Kind of using that JJ Abrams mystery box things like, Oh, well, what's that? Oh, <laughs> what's in the mystery about? box. Right. I didn't, I didn't actually read your full, full email, but I saw that at the beginning of another email, you said you got fired by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, Oh, what, what happened? And then you right. tell the story. So. Got to grab, grab their attention. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was a couple years later. So I have the odd distinction. I'm probably one of the few people in the world who has worked for a president who was impeached and a governor who was recalled because I w <laughs> went from the White House to being a speechwriter for the governor of California, Gray Davis at the time, who was uh -huh. the guy who preceded Arnold Schwarzenegger as governor. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a rough go of it. We went from, I like to say, we went from rolling blackouts in the energy crisis to recall. And um, we ended up having, uh, ended up losing my job because Arnold Schwarzenegger decided to run for governor. So, um, you know, that, that was, a, it was a painful experience at the time. It ended up, you know, leading to a lot of good things for me. Um, and, you know, it, it taught me that, you know, nothing is stable in this life. And, you know, you, the only thing we really have is our relationships. Um, you know, when it came time to find a new job, fortunately, I actually bounced back immediately. I got a new job very quickly because of the network, because of the connections that I had. I had some colleagues from the governor's office who had, were out of work for six months or more after that happened. So it's really hard for a lot of people. For me, for, I was very fortunate that it wasn't. That's great, John. Well, I guess as we start to wind down, um, is there any, I mean, you've already given us a ton of value here. I, you know, Helios, uh, uh, entrepreneurs out there, I hope that you were taking notes. I think there's a lot of great stuff there uh, that John offered about how to connect with others, whether it's via LinkedIn or creating your own curated events. Um, any last tip or last action that you would leave us with uh, that, uh, that we should, you know, take out of here and, and take into the world uh, today? I think it just goes with the theme, but I would say be proactive about your life. You know, mm -hmm. there's so many ways in which the network around us, the people who we know, we all know that it's all about who you know. People will say that all the time, right? But there's so many ways in which our network is determined by fate, not through our own control, right? The neighbors who we happen to live next door to, the people who we happen to go to college with, uh, the people who we happen to work with, you know, all those things not fully within our control. Yeah. That doesn't have to be your reality. Yeah. You can be proactive. You can go out there and you can develop relationships with people who inspire you, people who lift you up, people who excite you, people who are doing really exciting things in the world, people who you would like to connect with. And I say your life is going to be more fulfilling. Your business will be more fulfilled if you do take that approach. So I recommend anyone who's listening to this to please go out and do that. I, I think you will really be grateful and be fulfilled if you do that. Love it. Love it. Great. Um, Great theme for the show, and uh, thanks so so much for connecting with me. Um, I appreciate it, and with our listeners. So, where um, where on the internet can we find you uh, for anyone who wants to find out more about Rise Twenty Five and everything else that you're up to? 
Sure. Rise25.com is our website. Smartbusinessrevolution.com is the blog and the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you like. And reach out, you know, hop on my email list and hit reply and just tell me that you heard me here. And I, I love connecting. I love getting emails like that. And I love connecting with people. So that's great. I actually hope that somebody listening to this connects with you just to kind of fulfill. Everything. It happens all the time. Yeah, it happens all the time. It's great. No, it's really fun. So great. Well, John, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Nora. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.